The Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops with you. Glad to have you along per usual Wednesday afternoon, but we got a shift in the schedule. Ryan Day is coming early this week. Ryan Stieg of the Mining Journal's in with me. What's going on, Ryan? Not much. Uh, I'll be going out of town uh, tomorrow, so I will not be in attendance for Ryan Day, so we had to switch it. Ryan Day is coming early, just like Christmas it feels like. Christmas a week from today, so Ryan's here on short rest. Yeah, um, you know. I, I'm, I'm a decent pitcher, so I can come in. Here's a thought. Does it feel like Christmas to you? Um, The snow is doing its darndest to feel like. It still feels too early. Yeah. I can't believe it's already late December. Yeah, I, w- I looked at the calendar the other day, and I'm just like, is it really the 18th? Because <laughs> it's like, it just doesn't feel that way. Mm-mm. I don't know. It didn't last year either, no. so there you go. Well, I tell you what, we got a lot to get to today. We've got our picks to update you on, or actually games to pick for Week 16 of the NFL season. we got the Pro Bowl rosters and the snubs that we get a breakdown over the course of the next hour or so. Northern Michigan Hockey post the Mankato win on Saturday night. This will be our last show before the college football playoff and the bowl games get going. And, of course, we have the Friday Funnies moved up to Wednesday, so the Wednesday Funnies coming up. All that and more over the course of the next hour. Glad to have you along. Ryan, here are the games that we're looking at for Week 16 in the NFL. The NFL is having a weird schedule this week. There's no Thursday night football, but there are three games on Saturday. Yeah, they do that every year. It's like the last two or three weeks. It's like, Mm. let's throw some games on Saturday. I'm I'm convinced (laughs) it's because there's no college football, and they're trying to capitalize on it, and they'll be like, well, there's no football here, so we can't lose ratings, (laughs) you know, because college football and all the bowl games that will be played are, frankly, not that great at this time. So there you go. I tell you what, we'll go with the three Saturday games, then Sunday and Monday night football. Let's start with... The afternoon game, the 1 o'clock game on Saturday. We've got Houston at Tampa Bay. I'm going with Houston. Uh, yeah, I, you know, they basically have the uh, AFC South wrapped up, and that disappointed me because I thought I had big things for the Colts this yep. year, and they just came up short and then flopped against the Saints <laughs> where I had to turn it off after the first quarter. But, uh, yeah, it. Uh, I think Houston's got that one in the bag. Jameis wins. It's so weird. It's like... We used to think, is Joe Flacco elite? Is Jameis Winston good? Because he can give you like 400 yards passing a game and four TDs, but like two interceptions, a fumble. It is so reckless how he plays. No, yeah, it's, I would say, you know, he'll pad your fantasy numbers really well Mm -hmm. and then he'll throw three picks. And uh, and, is Jameis Winston's legacy going to be that pick he threw it against Oregon in the playoff? (laughs) Where he's falling backwards and basically just <laughs> threw it up for grabs. Uh, it is such a reckless style of football, yet it's kind of effective. Yeah, it's he makes it work somewhat, mm-hmm. but it's like I feel like you could get away with that more with a good team, mm-hmm. and Tampa's not good enough to overcome that. It's like who would you rather have a quarterback? Say that you had a generic offense, generic defense. Would you rather have Jameis? Baker Mayfield or Josh Allen? Weirdly enough, I'd go with Josh Allen, which <laughs> I never, yeah, I, I never thought. <laughs> I'd say Josh <laughs> Allen would be the best of the three, but he's having a decent year. He is. He yeah. really is. And the About, Bills are in the playoffs. Isn't that crazy? What What's going on? Ten wins for the first time in twenty years. Is it nineteen ninety four? Well, I meant like that was the last time they went, but right. I meant like. Like, that's when they were really good, like consistently good. (laughs) (laughs) I tell you what, 
Uh, is there a real debate, though, between Jameis or Baker Mayfield? I don't really think they are. I think they're pretty equal. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're okay. They might get you a win, <laughs> but it's not going to be pretty, and you're not going to be like, well, I'm glad I drafted that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, Houston, we have beating Tampa Bay. That game in Tampa, 1 o'clock Saturday. Speaking of the Bills, they take on the Patriots in Foxborough. I, I wonder this time of year, because, you know, the Patriots you know already have a playoff berth, and they pretty much got the East, mm-hmm. but is this the time of year where they just, like, forget to show up, you know? I I would say that if this game was in Buffalo, I'd pick the Bills. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to say, I don't. Th- I think it's going to be a close one. Mm-hmm. I think uh, they're trying to see if they can get that number one seed, mm-hmm. kind of leapfrog Baltimore, but it's just, you know, the Bills are more try- have more to play for <laughs> than the Patriots do. So I, I think New England wins because it's in New England, but I don't think it's going to be a great win. I would agree with all that. Yeah. How about the late game on Thursday, uh, excuse me, on Saturday night, we've got the Rams at the 49ers. Kind of do or die time for L.A. I think it's die time for LA. probably already is die yeah, time. I think they're just, they're too far behind. They've been way too inconsistent. Is this the end of Sean McVay? Like, I mean, I like, he'll, no, like, he'll be coach, you know, he's not going right. to be fired. But I mean, like, is the magic, you know, like the heaps of praise he got last year is it gone away i'm starting to wonder yeah i think he's still early enough in his coaching career maybe not yet but you're starting to wonder yeah like is this was he a one-hit wonder kind Mm -hmm. of a thing or maybe a two-hit wonder and that was it i i don't know problem is he has jared goff yeah which would you upgrade james winston for jared goff would that be an upgrade (laughs) Somehow, weirdly, yes. Yeah. It's like Jared Goff just isn't, he really isn't special. I mean, like, if the Rams had a decent quarterback, mm-hmm. they would have won that Super Bowl yeah. last year. If yeah. they had a, you know, but Jared Goff didn't do anything in no. that game. And it's like, I feel like they lost because they had a mediocre quarterback. <laughs> Tell you what. Uh, so we're both going with the Niners in this yes, one, Greg. Yeah. All right. How about Sunday night football? We've got... Well, speaking of mediocre quarterbacks with an <laughs> offensive-minded coach, the Bears at home against Kansas City. I think Kansas City wins because mm-hmm. I, I think the Bears, you know, are. do you shoot a bear to put it out of its misery? Um, I feel like that's what it is. <laughs> I mean, they're yeah, out of playoff yeah, they, they, anyway. Yeah, yeah, just like end the season, just be done. You know, you guys can coast to the final <laughs> week, but it's just, they just, they're nothing to really play for. No. They're just... The Chiefs are trying to, hang, you know, do something, but mm-hmm. it's like, you know, the Bears are done. I don't think they do anything. I tell you what, we've got Monday night football, and this is going to be a fun one. I've been circling this one for a while. Packers at Vikings. Packers have never beaten Mike Zimmer in Minneapolis, and that's why I say Minnesota wins this one. I think Minnesota wins it, too. Funny enough, uh, my uh, relatives are going to that game. Are they? My relatives are coming down. That's a bad from sign West, for the Vikings. Yeah, western North Dakota. They're coming down. They somehow managed to snare tickets for an extremely expensive game. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, they're going to go. Um, I will not be there. I will be watching, but mm. I will not be in attendance. But uh, I still have yet to see a game at U.S. Bank. I'm oh, really? Hoping, I'm hoping to eventually make that happen. But it is a beautiful place. Yeah. Um, Weird. I think my dad's been there twice. Mm-hmm. I mean, what's that about? <laughs> I've actually been there more for baseball than I have for football. I've been to one Vikings game at that stadium. It was the Minneapolis Miracle game. I've actually called baseball games from U.S. Bank. It was huh. College baseball. They have it set up, 
every spring, the Gophers play their early season home games there, except for this year, the NCAA didn't allow it because they hosted the Final Four. Ah. Uh. So next year, I think the plan is to resume. Well, yeah. I mean, that's kind of fun. Yeah. I mean, well, the Gophers used to play their games in the Metrodome. They did. I remember going there with my wife for one game, and she actually, you know, like, reluctantly came with me. But we watched a couple innings, because there's no one manning the gate. <laughs> like, we we walked in, and, like, people were shocked people were walking into the stadium. They're like, oh, yeah, uh, admission's, like, two bucks, or something like that. It was so... <laughs> Nobody cared. No. I mean, we walked in there, and there were maybe 200 people there. I mean, I literally was shocked at how much free roam I had around that stadium. You know, I was there. It was, there was like a marathon of baseball games being played. So I get there prior to the game I'm going to call, and the Gophers are playing the Hawkeyes in a Big Ten series. So I'm just, you know, kind of wandering around. I get up to the press box. I'm just amazed at the lack of security. I could have done whatever I wanted in that stadium. So I'm going into the VIP suites, into Paul Allen's, like his <laughs> office and everything. And I'm just like, this would be so easy for, for someone to just troublemake. Yeah, there. yeah. I mean, like, you know, do some tagging, you know, like steal <laughs> some stuff. I like, never do it, and I didn't No, no, no. But, I mean, you could because there's nobody paying attention. I mean, I, I did get a soda from the fountain in the cafeteria. They have a cafeteria in the press box. It's really nice. Well, you know, I feel like with each modern stadium, they do, they get to be nicer and nicer to the mm-hmm. media. Ford Field's actually not that bad. Yeah. Although when you're covering the game, they don't bring your food until after like twelve thirty. <laughs> so, of course, Ishming and Munison kicked off at. 10 a.m. Mm-hmm. So it's like I would leave and not get the food. <laughs> I would have to find food on my own. So yeah, so that was kind of a bad thing. I tell you what. Speaking of Paul Allen, I want to give a special shout out to him. Paul Allen is the radio voice of the Minnesota Vikings. I'd like to consider him a friend. I don't know if he considers me a friend. I don't know. We just kind of know each other. But today is my father's birthday. My father is a diehard Vikings fan. I know that doesn't translate well here because we're in Packer and Lion Country. But I reached out to Paul Allen, and he was kind enough to do this for my dad as a birthday gift. Hey, Brian. It's uh, Paul Allen, play-by-play guy from the Minnesota Vikings. At uh, the behest of uh, your loving son, Tanner, I am wishing you a very, very happy birthday. He reached out to me and told me how special you are to him and how special this football team is to you. So it seemed like a birthday match in purple and gold heaven. So, shoot, not only on behalf of me, on behalf of Kirk Cousins, Dalvin Cook, Eric Hendricks, Anthony Barr, Stephon Diggs, Adam Thielen, Anthony Harris, all the way down to Hercules Mata'afa, we wish you a very special happy birthday. That was nice of him, because he didn't have to do that. Does Dalvin Cook know he was in that birthday mess? <laughs> I wonder if PA got a hold of those guys and said, hey, we're all wishing happy birthday to a fan. Yeah, I don't want everybody to be in on that, including Hercules. <laughs> <laughs> you know, PA has a style that is not suitable for everybody. He is very much a homer. I grew up listening to him, and I'm not even a Vikings fan, but I really love listening to PA. I'm one of those people that, you know, and football's that sport where I don't really have a team. I like favorite players more than favorite teams. I'm in a household of mostly Vikings fans, so I'm partial to the Vikings. I'm partial to the Giants because I like Eli Manning. I'm partial to mostly to players. I have favorite players more than I have a favorite team in the NFL. But Paul Allen's always made 
football Sunday special for me. He's he's gotten a lot better yeah. as a broadcaster. He used to be so homer like <laughs> it was just ridiculous. Like wouldn't even acknowledge the other team unless they scored to be like, yeah, Craig Erickson throws for a touchdown or something like that. But now he's like really come to his own as a play by play guy. He talks about the other team, you know, he gives them credit a little more if they play well. I mean, yeah, he's still a homer, but he I don't know, like there was a moment where he realized or like he was told or something like <laughs> you can't be so biased towards the team your guy you know you got to be able to be objective even if you're like silently rooting for them you actually <laughs> still have to be professional so he's gotten a lot better uh, mm-hmm. but back in the day like in the 90s he was so ridiculously <laughs> biased it was it was fun i had paul I, the first time i met paul was when I was in Duluth, Minnesota, and I was doing the Duluth Huskies baseball broadcast, and our games were on KFAN, the KFAN affiliate in Duluth, and of course KFAN in Minneapolis airs the Vikings football games on Sundays, Thursdays, and Mondays whenever they're playing. So Paul was in Duluth at some kind of press event, what have you, and he was going to throw out the first pitch at the Huskies game. Well, Paul had had a couple of beverages before the first pitch and was just awful first pitch was just terrible but he was kind enough to come on air and i interviewed paul during the second inning we called a little of the game by the way it was the first time he's ever done a baseball broadcast so i was excited to share that with him um he did set his over under for vikings wins that season keep in mind this was last season when they were eight seven and one he said he'd go conservative and say 14 wins Wow, didn't didn't work out that way. No, it didn't. Uh, <laughs> put, take away your Homer hat, Paul, and just like be realistic. Uh, I tell you what, he's a good guy. He's though. a good guy. I, though, I appreciate yeah. him doing that. Uh, Monday's going to be a fun one. Bikes and Packers. I it, love that. Yeah, it's going to be a great atmosphere. I'm sure my relatives are going to have some fun with there. Um, that's like their Christmas gift for everybody, yeah. you know, with the exception of us who don't get to go. <laughs> we'll be in Minneapolis. Yeah, I, I, yeah I, will, I will be watching on TV and, uh, you know, hoping they have a good time. But, yeah. You know, I'm, uh, I fly out. I'm going home for, uh, for about eight days here over Christmas break. I'm going back to Iowa. So Saturday morning is my flight. I get into Omaha around noon, but I have a layover in Minneapolis, and I'm wondering if that's about the same time the Packers might be flying in. So I'm thinking, bring the equipment with me, see if I can get Rogers or somebody. I see them in the Minneapolis airport. I mean, I'm sure they fly. They wouldn't bus from Green Bay to Minneapolis, would they? No. Uh, let's let's just say every NFL team flies. Uh, yeah, <laughs> even the shortest trip. Yeah, I mean, it, you mean you got the plane. <laughs> I mean, they, it's, it's a charter flight for everybody. I mean, like the Jets... Bussing to the Bills, just I couldn't see that. No, no, they uh, everybody flies because it's the NFL. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, it it isn't like Major League where the <laughs> where the Indians have to bus their way to the next to Milwaukee or something. That uh, everybody flies. It was uh, what was that uh, semi pro? They had to bus everywhere, like Flint, Michigan. To St. Louis. Yeah, yeah. Or they played against the Anaheim Amigos. Could you yeah. imagine Flint to Anaheim on a bus? take you a week in the 70s <laughs> in the 70s <laughs> i tell you what tanner hoops ryan steeg with you let's take our first time out when we come back we'll discuss the pro bowl rosters who deservedly got in and who got snubbed next on espn up check out the up's live and local sports talk show the sports pen weekday afternoons at four on espn up and on the espn up app Welcome back to the Sports Pen. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you. Glad you're along this Wednesday afternoon. Yeah, it's Wednesday. Ryan's here. We both got Christmas plans, so Ryan Day's coming early this week. 
Well, the Pro Bowl rosters were released last night. First of all, can we talk about how disappointing the Pro Bowl has become? I mean, the, its lowest of the low was when it was Team Rice against Team Sanders. They went back to AFC against NFC. The only downside is the Pro Bowl still exists in its current state. Yeah, I I don't understand why it's still around. I mean, people have been like campaigning to just end it because mm. fans don't care. No. The players don't care. No. I mean, it's just... It's a game that just exists. <laughs> well, remember before where it was the Pro Bowl was after the Super Bowl? Mm-hmm. To, like, let's make it even more pointless <laughs> when everybody stops paying attention. Because as soon as the Super Bowl is over, everybody's focused on the draft. Right. They don't think about, like, the all-star game. No. It's just pathetic. And uh, now that it's before the Super Bowl, I, I would argue that people... I don't know if they care even less, but it's so much more watered down. You're not getting the best players on the same stage. No, the, you don't. They, you know, a lot of the players decide not to show up. Mm-hmm. I think like they play their first year just because they want the experience. Mm-hmm. But after that, it's just like, I mean, do you actually legit think Aaron Rodgers is going to show up? <laughs> no, he's he's going to be like, no, I'll let one of the other guys play. I don't really care. Well, it's like the Packers and the Cowboys. I believe have two selections that very well could be flipped. And you have guys that are in based on brand recognition. you got to remember, Pro Bowl selections come on a yearly basis, not what you've done throughout your career. I mean, is Aaron Rodgers a better quarterback than Dak Prescott? Absolutely, no question. But this year, has he been a better quarterback than Dak Prescott? No. Yeah, Dak Prescott should have been in over <laughs> over Rodgers. You can make the argument Kirk Cousins should have been in over, maybe not over Rodgers, but his numbers are pretty comparable to yeah, Rodgers this Kirk year. Kirk Cousins is having a really good year. I mean, it, it was surprising to me that he mm-hmm. didn't get a Pro Bowl nod. You know, and I, I'm not saying by any stretch that Cousins or Dak are better quarterbacks than Rodgers, but this year, based on the numbers? Yeah, it's like, I feel like it should be based on what you did over the season, not just because you're famous. Right, and then in the running back situation, the Packers and Cowboys flip, because why is Ezekiel Elliott in, but Aaron Jones is not? I... I know Zeke is fifth in rushing, but he doesn't bring that kind of dominance he did before. No, he's he's a guy, he's a weapon you have to watch out for, but he's not the Cowboys' the weapon no, anymore. No, it's, that's become Dak Prescott, who doesn't make Weirdly it. Weirdly enough, <laughs> Dak Prescott's become their main weapon. I tell you what, you look at some of the snubs, and I mean, there were some big ones. Teron Matthew, the Honey Badger, I was pretty shocked that he was left off now people were overreacting and saying there's a real debate for defensive player of the year between him and stefan gilmore there's no debate between those two but is honey badger a pro bowl i thought he should be yeah yeah he definitely deserved it i i he kind of was one of those guys you forget Mm -hmm. because there was so much hype when he was at lsu like he was the honey badger everybody talked about him but now it's like oh yeah he's still there you know (laughs) like yeah he's still contributing it's like the other year when like I legit forgot Michael Crabtree was still in the league, like, and playing for the Ravens. He showed up in that playoff game. I'm like, what? (laughs) He's still there. Which guy, and I don't want to call him a scrub, but I don't know a better term off the top of my head, which of those guys has had, you know, you know what I mean. I don't don't like calling someone a scrub. I have no better word for it. Which scrub has been able to, (laughs) just sounds bad, has been able to extend their football career longer Michael Crabtree or Ted Ginn? Which of those two has had a better career, in a, a, a below-expectations career that they've somehow managed to extend this long? I would have to say Crabtree. Yeah. Because, I mean, Ted Ginn's, his strength was his kickoff returning. Mm-hmm. And then, like, he, he was a couple years with the Dolphins, 
and that was it. Like he <laughs> he vanished. Like when he pops up, I'm like, "Hey, look at that!" <laughs> you know, it's 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 weird because they were supposed to be better than they were, and they it's like they were mediocre. And Crabtree had his one year mm-hmm. or two years when the Niners had that little Jim Harbaugh yep. surge where people really paid attention to him, and then that was it. Like he. <laughs> I legit, like I said, I was shocked that he was still in the league when he was with the Ravens. Yeah, him and uh, and Richard Sherman when they had their beef around 2013, what have you. Yeah, I tell you what, I think of like some of the guys who were just kickoff specialists. That's all they did. Like that's all they were known for. Remember Marcus Sherrill's for the Vikings? It never had a career doing anything other than that. Devin Hester is probably the most famous one. Yeah, uh, Ted Ginn, like you mentioned, has got to be up there. Remember R.W. McCorders? Yeah. When the Giants were going to Super Bowls? Yeah. Yeah, that was basically him. He did nothing. Cordell Patterson's kind of like that. Yeah, I mean, they're there, but I mean, they're just... <laughs> they do nothing but return. They're turns. Yeah, they, they were supposed to be better than they were, and that's all they do. I tell you what, looking at some of the other snubs, what have you, uh, Joe Schobert, linebacker for Cleveland, he's one of the top tacklers in the NFL this year. I guess I kind of get why he didn't get it. He reminds me of Blake Martinez in the sense that he will rack up tackles. I mean, he will just load up on tackles. He can't cover to save his life. No, it's it's weird that there's there's a lot of guys who have one strength mm-hmm. and they're supposed to have multiple, and that's one thing is what gets them by. <laughs> Eric Kendricks was another guy yeah, who I thought was so. a really bad snub. Yeah. I thought he should have made it. Mm-hmm. I really did. Darren Waller from Oakland, and kind of surprised me for the yeah a little bit. Having, yeah. yeah, he's been a pretty solid year. I think though his teammate Josh Jacobs should have made it. Yeah, I mean, if there was any Raider that got snubbed the worst, it was probably him. I would say that pretty much. I tell you what, though, you do look at who made it, and the Ravens set, uh, or at least they tie a Pro Bowl record, setting twelve. One for every win they have so mm. far this year. By the way, Lamar Jackson is the first Ravens quarterback. Since 1996 to go to a Pro Bowl. I'll give you $5 if you know who that was. Ravens quarterback to go to the Pro Bowl. 1996. Jim Harbaugh? It was not Harbaugh. Uh, it was Vinny Testaverde. <laughs> That's a name. <laughs> I Another one. I forgot he played for the yes. Ravens. I remember him from the Jets. When the Jets had that brief two seasons <laughs> in the late 90s. But that was it. Was that his prime or was it with the Ravens? I would say it was probably the Jets. Yeah. Yeah. Even and, though he made the Pro Bowl with the Ravens, but the Jets teams, I think, were better than the... Well, uh, they were comparable. Yeah, but, they, they made the AFC title game. That kind of helped him hmm. like have a, I, I guess if you wanted, a legacy. Because, I mean, when you think Pro Bowl, you don't think he had it in the ra- with no, the Ravens. No. If, I, if you were to tell me that you know he was known for something as a Pro Bowl guy, I would think it'd come with the Jets. I thought he played better with the Jets than he did with the Ravens, just based on you know kind of the eye test, which I hate, but I don't have the numbers in front of me. Mm-hmm. I remember him most, though, for his time with the Cowboys when he was still trying to make it work. He was seven years older than the next uh, oldest starting quarterback in the NFL. He was 41 in 2004. No other starting quarterback was older than 34. Remember when uh, Kerry Collins tried to still make it work, <laughs> and it was just sad after a while? It got sad <laughs> real quick. I tell you what, Vinny Testaverde uh, was the last Raven quarterback to make the Pro Bowl before Lamar Jackson this year. The only team with a longer streak, by the way, the Miami Dolphins, the only team without a quarterback in the Pro Bowl longer than the Ravens. Chad Pennington was. Remember oh when he was on the on the Dolphins? Yeah, I mean, 
Isn't Marino? Was he really the last guy? I believe he was. Yeah. I believe it was Marino. Remember when Jay Fiedler was their quarterback? <laughs> Former third-string Vikings quarterback, Jay Fiedler? <laughs> <laughs> the guy who single-handedly, I can say that without overreacting, single-handedly got Dave Wanstead fired. Yes. Congrats. <laughs> well, I guess he resigned. We, we knew it was coming, but he resigned when they were 1-9. and nine. I love the resigned thing because it's like, oh, I quit. No, yeah. you were about to be fired, and you like tried to back out. You of knew city. there was no future for you yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. I tell you what, though, you look at who else did or didn't make the Pro Bowl. Tom Brady not invited to the Pro Bowl since two, or for the first time since 2008. He wasn't going anyway because the Patriots will inevitably make the Super Bowl. And even if they don't, one of the quarterbacks teams in front of him that did make the Super Bowl is going to make it. And just because he's Tom Brady, he'll get the alternate slot. Yeah. He'll, he'll make a cameo appearance. Just, one way just... or another, he will get the invite to either the Pro Bowl or the Super Bowl. <laughs> just because he's Tom Brady. I I actually don't think New England's going to get it this year. I think yep. Baltimore just has been so so consistent. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to make it to the Super Bowl. Now, are they going to win it? I don't know. When yep. Baltimore goes, they play well. So I don't know. They they really do. Whenever yeah. they get there, they blow out their their opponents. Save for their most recent trip to the Super Bowl, and they were blowing out San Francisco, and then they had that freak power out yeah. and what have you. Which still blows my mind how you can have a blackout in the middle of the Super Bowl in the Super Bowl. Uh, and it lasted for like what, like yeah, an hour? It was a lengthy delay. <laughs> and like the CBS crew was panicking because they didn't have anything to talk about. Imagine if that was the World Series, and you have pitchers that you need to start going to your bullpen in the World Series. Imagine what that would have done. Yeah, your your staff's messed up. Okay, now it's back. Do you, <laughs> or have they thrown enough pitches that you sit them and then you have to get them up again? It was it would have been a mess. I tell you what, the Pro Bowl is just one of those things. Do you even watch the Pro Bowl? No. Yeah, I mean, if it's on, I guess. If there's nothing else on, maybe. I don't I, know. It was a couple of years ago. I glanced at it, and it was the Rice Sanders year. Oh, and I, I watched it. It was. I watched it for ten minutes mm-hmm. just to see what was going on, and I was like, "No, I got something better to do." Yeah, it is just beyond <laughs> stupid that it's not in Hawaii anymore. It's in Orlando. No one cares about it, especially since it comes before the Super Bowl. You know, the, the best players aren't gonna all be there no that's the thing yeah it's it's a waste of time it's a waste of the players time i mean you can sit there and say you know your hall of fame you know resume you know nine-time pro bowler <laughs> but it's like did you even play in any of these no. pro bowls no you just you got the honor and let somebody else do it i love it how dak prescott made it last year and he's having a significantly better year this year the best year of his career and he doesn't make it isn't that weird? It is so weird. Well, it's like all-star baseball games. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's guys in there. I mean, Derek Jeter was starting his last year <laughs> and was batting like 220 or Fan something. Vote. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was, it's it's pathetic. I tell you what, um, last thing on the Pro Bowl here before I, I want to move on to something else. Uh, we were talking about streaks, how many years it's been since certain teams have not sent a quarterback to the Pro Bowl. It shocked me that the Bears weren't among one of those teams with a long streak. Then I remembered Trubisky made it last year. Yeah. How? That shows you what the Pro Bowl's like. Yeah, it's like the Bears made it that far on their defense, and Mitch Trubisky got to be in the Pro Bowl (laughs) because he was, I don't know, he existed. (laughs) He was the equivalent of a placeholder. Yeah. He was the placeholder in Chicago's depth chart at quarterback. Yeah, he, he was, you stay here. 
don't screw up, and our defense will carry you. Isn't that what Trent Dilfer was with the yes. Ravens that one year? Yes. Don't make don't make enough don't make too many mistakes, and we'll get you to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I tell you what. Before we move on, what is your favorite All Star? Your All Star weekend festivity game? I guess that you know because there's a tournament in the NHL, which I love, by the way. I it's it's baseball just because it's classic. Yep. I actually will watch uh you know part of the all-star game i don't know if i'll watch the whole thing but Mm -hmm. i watch some of it because the nba is a joke the pro bowl is a joke the nhl has tried some stuff they got that tournament going here yeah i mean they're it's interesting and then but it's like the goals are so insane like the final (laughs) scores are like 10 8 and you're just (laughs) like what am i watching and the goaltenders are just don't care and they're just like oh i'll make a save just to create a highlight but it's just like if he gets scored on they're like oh that's too bad so it's like okay so what about this what is your favorite festivity for all-star weekend pro bowl weekend not related to the game like do you care about the skills challenge the three-point contest my personal favorite is mlb celebrity softball game it's really weird how entertaining that is yeah I mean, it like people go all out. You mm-hmm. know, the celebrities do. That one's kind of fun. I when I was a kid, I used to live for the NBA's special stuff, like mm-hmm. the three point and the slam dunk. Because back in the day, there were actually guys who were like famous yes. who, who you know competed. Then I remember that one year where. It was Jason Richardson was the star. And you're like, okay, this has really gone down. And I mean, the guy could dunk. It yeah. was impressive. But you're just like, this is the best you could right. find. Zach Levine, like four years ago. <laughs> Brett Barry was the dunk <laughs> champion that one year. You're just like, okay, this is when it's completely it has gone stuck. down. Yeah, know, yeah. I mean, I mean, in the 80s, Jordan competed. Mm-hmm. Dominique Wilkins. And, I mean, Larry Bird used to be in the three-point contest. Yeah. I mean, there were guys who were legit Hall of Famers who competed. Now it's just like, okay, can you dunk somewhat fancy? You know, you can compete, you know, or the three-point contest. Can you make most of your shots? You know, there, that was it. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you. Let's take a timeout. When we come back, I want to discuss one quarterback's legacy because it's just fascinating to me. Plus, we'll check in on the Northern Michigan hockey team post their top-ranked victory next on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back to The Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you. Glad to have you along. Here's your Sports Center update. The Lions announced that head coach Matt Patricia and general manager Bob Quinn will both return for the 2020 season and place quarterback Matt Stafford on injured reserve his season is over. It was over about five weeks Why ago. Why didn't that happen a month ago, at least? It, it, I don't know. And then the Lions were fined for not disclosing the injury <laughs> properly. I brought that up in my column last week. It's like, what? They're such a mess right now. <laughs> and, I, and then they announced that they're both going to be back, and it's like, okay, fine. And my favorite quote is, playoff expectations it's like they were supposed to make the playoffs two years ago (laughs) and even this year they had an outside chance it's like that's the bar now it's like uh, they're gonna be like top five draft pick this year and they're gonna be like okay now we're expecting you to make the playoffs it's like what a joke i do not think patricia's the answer long term i'm not optimistic about bob quinn I tell you what, have you seen Ben Roethlisberger now that he's been out of football for a few weeks? He's kind of 
look uh, okay, Ben never really looked like he was in great football shape. He is on his way to looking like Matt Patricia post his playing career. Maybe he just has thrown in the towel. You know, I've reached this point in my life where I don't want to exercise anymore. You know, I I, I mean, Matt Patricia completely gave up on himself. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just, I, I'd say he's worth one more year. And if he doesn't show any short of improvement whatsoever, Matt Patricia's gone. I feel like Baker Mayfield is on that path, too. Like, Baker, once he gets to be Roethlisberger's age, he's going to be like a Ben slash Patricia mix up. When Baker Mayfield becomes a backup quarterback, which will inevitably (laughs) happen, I feel like he'll go. Remember, like, when Stan Humphreys led the Chargers to the Super Bowl (laughs) in, like, 95, they said he had. The guy was scarfing pizza, mm-hmm. you know? And not like the off-season, like during the season. Like, he was <laughs> moderately in shape when he was at quarterback, and it was just... But the Chargers made the Super Bowl that year on the strength of Stan Humphreys. Or Super Bowl champion Jared Lorenzen. Yeah. Rest his peace. Uh, rest in peace, the great, late, great uh, Jared Lorenzen. The hefty lefty. Yep, hefty lefty. I loved him. Back up to Eli Manning for a couple of Super Bowls. The the guy who was like looked like a defensive lineman yes. who could throw <laughs> who could throw it a mile down the field. Yeah, he was a fairly effective quarterback for all intents and purposes. It was like a career backup and then playing in some independent leagues. He was mm. fairly effective, especially yeah. for his size. Yeah, he he was a decent quarterback, decent backup quarterback, but he just he, he couldn't catch on. That's the sad thing. Continuing with the update. Former Iowa Hawkeye head football coach Hayden Fry passed away yesterday at the age of 90. And finally, in the original draft of the Wizard of Oz, Toto was a cow instead of a dog. A cow. I get, you know, she's Dorothy, she's from Kansas, but that was the right move, a dog instead of a cow. What is the witch going to say? I'll get you and your little cow, too? I mean, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> the cow would have just, like, like it depends what kind of cow it was. Like, if, if it's a male cow and it probably has horns, is that a bull? Is a male cow a bull? I believe it is. Can you have a male cow, or is it just a bull? I think it's <clears throat> officially like it's a cow, but it's called a bull. A so steer? <clears throat> is that what it would be, a steer? Well, a steer is, if I remember correctly, a castrated bull. Uh, you might be on the <laughs> I'm from Iowa. I should yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not a farm expert by any means or take care of animals but what my i've heard over the years that's what a steer is then what's a what's a hereford a hereford would that be a male bull you know i I, 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 can't can bulls be female i this is i wonder We've really gone off the on a tangent, but like now you've intrigued me. I feel like I should look this up. Because what I'm getting at is that if you have a bull, like you have a pet bull, because Toto is a boy dog, so it'd be safe to assume he's a boy cow, yes. which would make him a bull, I yeah. think. You could just have him charge the witch. Yeah, that, you, you could have a legit weapon. Yeah, you know? like a witch going up against the bull's horns. Yeah, he could just charge. I mean, <clears throat> and did the witch really have powers necessarily? I like it. No. It's like, I didn't, she had her crystal ball and she had her army of flying monkeys, but like, did she really have any magic that she did? I mean, yeah, she disappeared into a ball of fire and that was kind of cool, which a side note, trivia, Anya, that she almost died doing that. The actor? The actress. actress. Yeah, yeah. For those who don't know, there's a trap door that was supposed to pop open um, during the fireball sequence and it didn't pop open at the right time, so she almost burned to death and uh, so... 
Old school Hollywood did not have the greatest special no, effects they, department. Or the safety requirements. No, they didn't, no. OSHA was not what it is now. No, it is not. <laughs> I tell you what, the flying monkeys, though, I would take the bull over uh, an army of flying monkeys. I would absolutely, the bull's just like shaking its head around, catching monkeys with its horns. Yeah. I mean, the bull would have been a decent weapon, but if you're like, if she's walking like a Holstein cow, yeah. like a dairy cow, yeah. that's not going to do anything I think for dairy you. cows are female. Yeah, they are, okay. but like... When was a Toto would be a female? That that would be. I love how we're debating this. I know. <laughs> but like now, you've intrigued me. I, yeah. I feel like I should like after the show do some research on this or whatever. I tell you what, Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you. Before we check in with the Northern Michigan hockey program, I want to debate something with you. I don't know if it's a debate because I don't know where you stand on it, but something that's been on my mind lately, something worthwhile debating on sports radio. Drew Brees on uh, Monday night, I think he cemented himself as the most accurate quarterback in NFL history. He now leads the NFL in all-time passing touchdowns and passing yards. Uh, there's been a debate here the last few days between guys like Will Kane, Trey Wingo. Where does Drew Brees fall in among the all-time greats? Because I'm going to say I love Drew Brees. For me, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's one of my favorite players. He's a great guy off the field. He's done a lot for the city of New Orleans. And Purdue. And Purdue. <laughs> yep, he is the pride of Purdue. But here's the thing. For all of his greatness and everything that he's done, has there ever been one season in his career, which dates back to 2001, where he was the best quarterback in the NFL that season? Maybe that one year, but even then, you know, he had Brady to deal with. Mm-hmm. So it's, There's always somebody. There was always Peyton. And there was Peyton who was in his way. There was Rodgers. There was always somebody. Yeah, he... He would have the stats. Drew Brees was that guy who would have the resume of all the stats and be on your fantasy team the third guy that you'd pick. Yeah, I mean, it's just he's the most accurate passer in NFL history. I, I do believe that he is a first ballot Hall of Famer, and he absolutely deserves to be one of the greatest of all time. But Will Kane is one of those guys who puts emphasis on win loss record and assigns it to the quarterback. I hate that. But if you look at Breeze's, I mean, yeah, he's won a Super Bowl. He's had some really good seasons. They're having a great season this year. But there are quite a few 7-9, and 8-8, eight and 9-7 eight, and seven seasons there. And for some people, they're going to hold that against Breeze right or wrong. What I think is really wrong because it's not his fault. Right. You know, as good as he is. I mean, quarterbacks can only take you so far, as mm-hmm. good as they are. I mean, the... The slight on Brady is that he's always been with Belichick, mm-hmm. and that he's always had a good team that he's gotten to play with. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, especially when Peyton was starting his career, the Colts were awful. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it, only after about, like, 2 3 did they actually start to become consistently good. So it's... I, I would say... That one year, maybe you could make the case when he had that record breaking where he was just chucking touchdowns like nobody's business. You know, I think you could make that, but that was about it. Well, you know, one other slide on Brady not only has he always had Bilicek, he's always had great defenses. He is not a guy who's the master of the downfield throw. He is known for his checkdowns. He's known for getting the ball out fairly quickly and, you know, high percentage passes, what have you. I'm not knocking him for that or anything because I think oftentimes we put way too much emphasis on a quarterback's ability to make downfield throws but like Brady Breeze has benefited from a lot of high percentage throws I'm not saying that he can't put a ball in a tight window but he's not the downfield guy that Mahomes Rodgers or Peyton were or are yeah he, you could make that case too and the thing is with did you see that sports science clip no 
Okay, that was on the other day. Uh, Luke from uh, Fox Sports Marquette tweeted that out. It was, uh, <laughs> it's Drew Brees. You remember when Sports Science was a show? Oh, yeah. I used to love that show. They had the craziest stuff mm-hmm. on there. It, like, who's more accurate, an arch, an Olympic archer or Drew Brees? <laughs> an, and they had a target. And Drew Brees hit the bullseye, like, dead center yeah. 10 out of 10 He's times. He's the most accurate quarterback in NFL history. <laughs> and it's just, it was impressive to watch. It, but sports science was a great show. Right, and it, it absolutely was. And I tell you what, he was known for his high percentage passes. You know, he's not the downfield guy that a lot of guys are, which I don't know if that should be held against him because I think oftentimes we put way too much emphasis on a quarterback's ability to go downfield. I mean, yeah, that's absolutely impressive what mm-hmm. Rodgers, Mahomes, and Peyton have been able to do. But I, 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 his accuracy, his ability to put the ball exactly where he wants it, I'm talking about Drew Brees, to me, is what sets him apart from the downfield guys or even Tom Brady and his checkdowns. That is his uh, his attribute. That's what got him where he is. And uh, he, he was impressive to watch. He still is. But <laughs> he's always going to be overshadowed by those two. And it's disappointing. I tell you what, we're coming up on the break. Before we get to that, let's check in with Northern Michigan Hockey. Saturday night, beating the top-ranked team in the country. Minnesota State was here, and Northern comes away with a 4-1 to victory. First win over the top-ranked team in America for Northern since 2011 when Michigan was here. You were there, Ryan, for those of us who weren't. Take us inside that atmosphere. That was a... Well, it didn't start off as a great atmosphere. Yeah. Like, I think people had the idea in their mind that Northern lost the night before, mm-hmm. and the idea was that they'd probably lose again. But as soon as they got that first goal and took the lead, the atmosphere changed when Mankato tied it. You know, it was still kind of... When Ben Newhouse scored to put him up 2-1, that really got the crowd into it. When they started to do well on the power play, and then in the final, I would say last four minutes, the crowd really started chanting it because uh, they knew they were on the cusp of making a big uh, upset there. And... Uh, it it was just a huge thing for them to go on the break because they're they're off until January third, mm-hmm. and if you went in to that break and you got blown out, that's going to be in the back of your mind the whole time. Now they have that. We just took down the number one team in the country. We played a very good game, probably their most complete game overall. They scored. They played good defense. Nolan Kent played out of his mind, oh, yeah. and. Uh, Everything was working, and they needed to do that if they're going to beat the Mavericks. And it, so there's some momentum going in, and they're feeling good about themselves. Talking with Grant yesterday, he said he apologized to Nolan after yep. pulling him Friday night because he looked at the videotape from the camera directly behind the net, and it gives him a better vantage point, kind of lets him see what Nolan is seeing. And Grant decided, you know, he wasn't seeing the puck well from back there either. And that. Maybe he should have been more patient with Nolan. So Nolan, I, I give him a ton of credit. The way he handled that, getting to the arena, you know, he had to sleep on that. And that's all, you know, been in the back of his mind going through the rest of Friday night with that and then coming to the arena Saturday and then finding out he's getting a second chance and he made the most of it. Yeah, you know, and kudos to Grant for, you know, yeah. apologizing to your goalie. You know, he did get, I thought he got pulled way too early too. But, uh, you know, Grant thought, you know, from the... What you see on the bench isn't necessarily the most accurate to see. You mm-hmm. can see the rank for the most part, but when you watch the film, whenever we do the press conferences, 
we ask, you know, what have you seen from the film? And sometimes they change their tune a little bit, and they see that maybe they didn't play that bad, or maybe they played worse than they thought. <laughs> you know, it's you got to rewatch it. And uh, he gave Nolan another shot. Nolan played very well. He's probably got the edge for number one right now. I wouldn't say it's a long leash because, you know, all the goalies have been pretty inconsistent this year. But based on what Nolan's done the last, I would say, five outings he was out, he didn't play bad in any of them. And, uh, you know, the Bowling Green series is going to be big because Bowling Green is ranked and will be ranked when they play them. So, but yeah, it was huge. It was a fun game to be at. Uh, And, you know, fans on Twitter were ecstatic, too. I mean, it was... Fans didn't. I think a lot of fans didn't know what to make of this team. They started off so well, and then they had that lull against Alaska Fairbanks and that bad game against Huntsville, what nobody saw coming. Mm-hmm. But they've still overall they are they're a good team. They're not the team that they were the last two years. They're very young, which I've tried to tell people. Their defense is extremely young, yep. and <laughs> their goaltenders are all new. Like going in the year, Nolan Kent played 14 minutes of the season last mm-hmm. year. You know, this is his first year where he's actually getting, you know, action in net. So everybody's kind of learning this year with the exception of, you know, you know Phil Blue and, you know, Rylan Remco and stuff like that. There's some veterans there. And Darian Craighead's another one, but there's not a lot. So uh, it was kind of a learning experience, but I think guys are starting to feel the flow. You felt guys were just sacrificing the body. I mean, they were pulling out all the stops to get that win. The desire was there. You know, I was impressed with so many of those guys, and I don't know if that's a school record for block shots. It's got to be close, but Ryland Yuremko seemed to set the tone in that sense. Yes, he uh, did a great job blocking shots. You know, he was you know, he was kind of the enforcer out there. He was the tallest guy on the ice. He needed to give some good hits, and he did. And uh, he made... Ben Newhouse probably had the block shot of the night uh, because I can't remember who he did it on, but uh, the Mankato goalie had a... Gr- goalie the Mankato forward had a great look at the net. It looked like it was going to get past Kent because no one was a little out of position. He could see where the puck was coming. He, you know, he was swinging his leg around to try to make kind of a glove save. But Ben Newhouse literally slid across the ice, and the puck hit him right in the chest. And he took that hit and basically prevented what looked like it was going to be a sure goal. It would have. It would have tied the game at 2-2 when that happened, so that was a big play on him. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you. Let's take our last time out. Friday Funnies on a Wednesday, next on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. If you missed any of today's show, get caught up with the Sports Pen podcast on demand. Get our free mobile app from the Apple App Store, Google Play, or look up ESPN-UP and get the on-demand. There, ESPNUP's website, I should say, ESPNUP.com. Westwood Patriot girls basketball coming up tonight. Should be a fun one at Menominee. Two undefeated teams early on. We'll get the pregame going at about 7 Eastern, 7.15 tip on ESPNUP. But with Ryan, we usually end the show with the Friday funnies again due to holiday travel schedules, what have you. Ryan is here on a Wednesday, so we got the Wednesday funnies to finish things out. What's going on, Ryan? Well, let's start off. uh, This is a tweet that... uh, (laughs) Well, Hunter tweeted out, he said that D'Antonio said Brian Lewerke is only so many yards or so many touchdowns away from setting a school record. So the theory is that that they're going to air it out like 45 times in the pinstripe bowl. So would that be crazy? Just after being so inept offensively, if 
D'Antonio turned into Mike Leach for one game <laughs> and just, okay, as soon as we get the ball, we're going to chuck it every play. It's a bowl game. What do you have to lose except a losing season, a yeah. losing record if you do lose that game, which is not going to sit well with your fan base? No, and uh, I would say the last two years doesn't sit well with the fan base. No, so it's, it's, it's been a bad stretch of 25 games or so here for Sparty. Yeah, so... Uh, you may as well, though. I Why mean, not? it's like it's a pinstripe bowl. You're in Yankee Stadium. Go yard. I believe go yard. I, <laughs> I do believe the record that he's referring to. I think Lewerke is 28 completions shy. Of the school yeah, record. yeah, I is think that that's right? what it is. Yeah, it's completions. So, yeah, you probably do have to throw 45 times at least, have 45 attempts to get around 28 completions. Yeah, I mean. Lewerke's not accurate enough where you only throw it like 30 times. He's no. going to go 28 for 30. He's, You know, you need to be able to throw it as much as you can. And uh, I would not be surprised if they did it just because D'Antonio is such a high feeling, you know, a high opinion of Lewerke if he wants to get him a record. Of all the quarterbacks that have gone through Michigan State, how is he going to get the passing competition <laughs> record? Not Kirk Cousins. Not, not Drew Stanton. Not Connor Cook. No. Brian Lewerke. Brian Lewerke. Who has been arguably the most inconsistent quarterback in the in the uh in the Big 10. Pretty much. <sighs> On that note, <laughs> Mark D'Antonio's Arizona offense. Um so Andre Drummond, this isn't necessarily funny, mm-hmm. but just he almost missed a game because of an avocado allergy. <laughs> he was in Mexico, they said, and he got swelling around his eyes. And he knew that he had an avocado um, allergy, and he blamed it on the server. He said he asked the server several times, is there avocado in this? And she told him several times that there wasn't. He had finished his plate, his eyes started swelling up, and he almost missed a game because of an avocado allergy. Remember, they played Dallas in Mexico City last week. Yeah. So, Oops. You know, they say don't drink the water in Mexico. Mm-hmm. Apparently don't eat the avocados there. <laughs> Unless you're not allergic. Unless you're not allergic. You might get, be able to get by. But, uh, yeah, dangerous thing for him. Um, let's see. Next one I have. So the Jets players wanted to get Lamar Jackson's jersey after he burned them. Mm-hmm. And they got his autograph because he autographed the jerseys. Mm-hmm. Is that sad? Yes. You're a pro <laughs> athlete asking one of your peers for his autograph. <laughs> And his jersey after you lost. I mean, I, I don't get that. He actually, they said, had extra jerseys because there were that many people who wanted it. I mean, that's just awful. Like, no sense of pride no. whatsoever. I mean, if you're getting it for, like, your kid, maybe, yeah. I could see it. But, like, for yourself? <laughs> I mean, how sad is that? Like, have some sense of pride. That's the Jets. Here's a fun one. Uh, so remember when the the Chiefs lost their luggage, mm-hmm. and they ho- on the verge of forfeiting a game against the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Well, apparently a representative from Rydell, the football equipment, contacted a local Massachusetts high school to borrow their helmets. Oh boy! So the ref, the re- the representative got a police escort to the high school, and then another to bring the helmets back to the stadium. Okay? Now, it made a little sense. The helmets are red with white arrowheads. Mm. The only difference is that there's an M in the middle of the arrowhead instead of a KC. So it would actually look similar on the field. only problem is these are high school kids' helmets, so they might not fit the proper way. (laughs) So you can make them fit, but... It would have been interesting. Like the high school was so eager to see 
their high school helmets oh, know, on the field. Yeah. Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah. But they joke at the high school, what if the Chiefs, you know, had won the game with your high school helmets on? And they're like, well, that would have kind of bite because it's like they're all Patriot fans. <laughs> but still, just to sell your high school like oh, that, yeah. as we all know, their luggage came in in time and they didn't have to resort to that. But I just think that's funny that the they, went, <laughs> they went that far to try to find a local high school to the do it. Ammon inside the Arrowhead, the Fighting Mahomes. It would have worked. Yeah. I, uh... And then a couple other ones we have. Joe Burrow said when he was recruited by Ed Orchman that he took him to a restaurant that didn't have crawfish. So Orchman talked to the manager and had the manager go out and buy 15 pounds of crawfish (laughs) just to help the recruiting of Joe Burrow. Is that a violation? I don't know. Like, did Joe Burrow just rat out his house for a recruiting scandal? (laughs) Because he went out and bought... 15 pounds of crawfish. I would think that's a violation. You're going to We've known about this a week, and they're not doing anything about it, so maybe maybe not. Who knows? Mm. But there you go. Oh, Shit. That. I, that's the kind of coach Ed Orgeron is. That here, I'll go <laughs> buy a, I'll go to buy a bunch of food for you just so you can come here. I love that. Shaq says Stevie Wonder may not be fully blind. There's been this conspiracy theory for years that Stevie Wonder isn't blind, or he's not as blind as he's, you know, been said he was. Well, he said that Stevie Wonder saw him come off the elevator. He said that Stevie Wonder, this is on TNT, he said Mm -hmm. this on the air, that he said to Shaq, hey, what's up, Shaq? How's it going, big dog? And knew it was Shaq. Now, he probably could tell because, I mean, who else is going to be in, the, right. in that complex? But my guess is, you know, blind people can still sense stuff, yeah. you know? So I'm, you know, but Shaq has now spread you that don't rumor. don't say that. Yeah. Some things are better kept to yourself. It, do you know the movie Anger Management? Yeah. With Adam Sandler? Remember the scene in the courtroom where, well, he got arrested because Adam Sandler's character did because he... Didn't start a bar fight, but somehow got in it, and they blamed him for starting it, and he stole a blind man's cane. His lawyer pulls out a tennis ball in court and says, Your Honor, we don't know how blind this man really is. Shucks the tennis ball and just smokes the guy in the side of the head. He, he of course, was blind. Yeah, and he lost his case based on that. So I think that's a load, what Shaq is saying. But, you know, it's still a funny story. Uh, To end it, I'm going to go with... The worst bowl gifts. For those who don't know, whenever there's a bowl game, the teams that play in it get gift bags mm-hmm. from the representatives of the bowl game. Now, some of the bowls give some pretty sweet stuff. Oh, yeah. Like, you get some good stuff at some of them. Others, not so much. Uh, the Belk Bowl, you get a shopping trip at the Belk department store. <laughs> For the Las Vegas Bowl, you get a socks and a beanie and a portable i think phone charger for vegas that is unacceptable yeah absolutely yeah i mean they have the money you know it's actually gonna be a primetime game washington boise state called by herb street on saturday night yeah Yeah. the boca but the boca raton bowl is an assortment of stuff in an online gift suite but they only let you pick certain things so you can go online and pick gifts but it's only a certain amount and only a certain grouping of stuff it's like winning the price is right basically (laughs) and 
the pinstripe bowl, the one where Michigan State's in, mm-hmm. a JBL gift card, and a variety of New Era products. What is JBL? I'm not exactly sure. But, yeah, that's their gift. <laughs> okay. All right. You're at Yankee Stadium. Is yeah. there honestly you can't find something better than that? <laughs> and then there's the first responder bowl, which got the worst set of gifts voted. Mm-hmm. A duffel bag, a football, and n- was it nine-line patriotic athletic wear. Oh, boy. So, I mean, what a waste. <laughs> uh, you got a football you could get, like, at a Dick's Sporting Goods. You have a duffel bag you could probably also <laughs> get at Dick's Sporting Goods. And a bunch of patriotic athletic wear that you will probably never wear again. <laughs> and... I just don't get it. That's the best you could come up with. I would love to know what the cheese at Bowl gives out. Did you see that you have the opportunity? There's a contest going on right now, and our own Pat McAfee is running this uh, because he's going to be on the call for ESPN. You can watch the game with Pat McAfee from a two-story cheese it box. Nice. Yes. How great is that? But I'd love to know what the gift packages are. Yeah. Maybe Pat McAfee is the gift. <laughs> He's the gift that keeps on giving. He is. But, like, I I only saw the list of the worst, so I'd love to know what the cheese is. Isn't Ryan Leaf doing that game? I believe he is. Well, there you go. Ryan Leaf and Pat McAfee. Uh, what a broadcast. What a great <laughs> I mean, the cheese bowl is considered the worst bowl game of the year last, last year. Last year it was it so bad. bad. Wasn't there, like, eight interceptions or yeah, something? Yeah, it was like, like 10 to 7. Yeah. Awful game, but... Now it could be a lot of could fun this year. could be entertaining, at least. Yeah. It was Cal and TCU last That's year, and I don't think either of those teams are back. No, and then he... Well, I think Cal might be in a sad bowl game. Cal is in the Red Box Bowl, and actually one of my friends plays linebacker for that. He's a starting outside linebacker there. I meant to text him what his gift bag is because they're playing in the Red Box Bowl, and that could be a pretty good gift bag. Does anybody use Red Box anymore? No, but you still <laughs> wonder. I, I used to go to Red Box all the time. No one has a DVD player anymore. I have a Blu-ray player, so technically I could use it. But, like, I mean, I don't know anybody who really goes to Redbox regularly. No, no. But so, I, so I wonder. Yeah. I mean, I think Walmart still has Redbox, mm-hmm. but, like, they're not everywhere like they used to be. I wonder what they – I am going to text them. I'm going to find out. I might have the answer next week, maybe even by tomorrow's show. What Cal is getting in their gift box when they play Illinois in the Redbox Bowl? I, I imagine it's going to be interesting. I don't yeah. know if it's going to be... It's not in the top five, so I'm sure it's going to be a decent <laughs> gift bag. But uh, I don't know. There's some of them. Like, I'm sure if you made the college football playoff, you get, like, the greatest gift bag probably oh, yeah. ever. Oh, yeah. Know? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, uh, what is it? The Fiesta Bowl's a playoff game this year. I think that's Ohio State-Clemson, and they're sponsored by PlayStation. So I think that... I'm sure Sony's got some... One. I'm sure PlayStation's got some stuff in there. And then uh, the Peach Bowl... Mm-hmm. Isn't that Chick-fil-A? I believe it is. Which I, I'm okay with. I love Chick-fil-A. We don't have one up here, but I I'm love sure it. there's going to be some gear there, some gift cards in there, and I'm sure Chick-fil-A's got a lot of money. I'm oh, sure yeah. they're going to I'm sure they're going And and they're a good charitable group. Yeah. I'm sure I'm sure they're going to throw some extra stuff in there. And I'm sure if you can make it the championship game, it's even better. Tanner Hoops Ryan Stieg with you with that. We are out of time. Appreciate you as always, Ryan. Have a safe trip over to Minneapolis. Enjoy your Christmas break. Uh, what do you have coming up though with the mining jar? Do you have anything coming up? Because I know you've got you've got your holiday coming up. Yeah, I, I'm pretty much on been on vacation since Sunday. At some point over this uh, stretch, um, 
before the end of the year. I do have my mid-season NMU hockey recap. I don't know if it's going to run this week or if it's going to run next week, but that's going to be in the journal. I have a column coming out this week. I'll have a column that I'm going to write when I get back. That'll be coming out. That'll be my like end-of-the-year column. But, uh, yeah, it, uh, I've got a couple columns, so... You know, I'm not completely on vacation because I'm still writing Sunday columns, but yeah, I'm pretty much done. I'm trying to think what day New Year's is because I will get back in town the 29th. Our next show together could be in 2020. That's kind of cool. Kind of is, isn't it? Let's see. Uh, The 29th is when I get back. That's a Sunday. So I think think it's feasible that New Year's uh, is like a midweek. Yeah, midweek, yeah. yeah. So our next show will be in 2020 kick off a new decade that works there you go <laughs> that's it for us here in the sports pen for ryan Steeg, i'm tanner hoops on espn up ishpeming marquette